0: standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Torvald and Christopher Dean. Alex Philado. it takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely, she's got it, a... she uh,
1: Yes, it, 132.67, has won at least the medal, she's 0.24 up beauty. On the ice for the Gimlop, the Gimlop scoping, Sandy the golden
0: goal! These golden games have their crowning moments. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you once again today for another athlete interview episode, an exciting one for you today. We are returning to one of our favourite sports on the show, figure skating, to bring you our first ever American figure skater. We're speaking to Jason Brown, Sochi Olympian, bronze medal as part of the team event, and finished ninth in the men's single skating. And a great chat here with Jason, learning about how he got into this, What a very unique way he actually got into the sport, a, a way that I feel it would be fun if a lot more Olympians got into their respective sports in this method, as well as progression up the ranks, sort of what it was about the 2010 Olympics that spurred him on to really push towards a 2014 spot, as well as his journey to so this part of the world, visiting Australia and New Zealand, and just what it's going to take for him to return to the Olympics in Beijing and how close he is to making his second Olympic Games. Great chat here with Jason Brown, US figure skater. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat. honour to welcome our next guest here off the podium as we return to one of our favourite sports. We always love having Olympians from the sport of figure skating on the show. And today, our first American figure skater on with such a, a esteemed career. He is an Olympic bronze medalist, a two-time four-continent medalist, a six-time US national medalist, including the 2015 national champion. And I am so excited to learn a little bit more about his career and hopes and aspirations and everything everything. everything else in between it's a pleasure to welcome to the show jason brown jason welcome to off the podium oh my gosh ben thank you so much for having me it's a it's a pleasure i was going to say and added to that list of achievements now a off the podium guest which is up there with an olympic bronze medal let's be honest
1: 100 (laughs) percent.
0: absolutely (laughs) the show reel just keeps on going through uh, it's an honor which i mean we obviously delighted to have you on the show because i mean it's bit of a busy time i can imagine for you right now jason we're, we're so close to uh the beijing olympics where we can just sniff it it's it's around the corner i mean how how are you going right now how are you feeling i mean are you there are you are you going to beijing do you know yet kind of like what what can you tell our listeners straight away to to know if we can be watching you very shortly at the olympics
1: yeah so in figure skating the team is announced about three and a half weeks before the Olympic Games which is so wow. crazy at our US National Championships. So we will find out this uh in 2022 we find out in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where they're hosting um our championships. We don't call it a trials per se because there's still a selections committee that will decide the, you know, the official team, but it's the first week of January. But speaking on kind of getting into that Olympic spirit, I'm actually I flew in yesterday back to Toronto from an Olympic photo shoot um, with NBC and the U.S. Olympic Committee. So it was just so (laughs) talk about the spirit and the energy and kind of just feeling like it's all, you know, ramping up. Uh, It was it was really, really awesome. And definitely I'm fired up for this week of training.
0: Did did you do any shoots with puppies this time around? I think you did some a couple of years ago, didn't you? In the lead up to Pyeongchang, there was an NBC puppy shoot. Are they doing that again for Beijing?
1: We did not. Um, Maybe maybe it was, you know, part of that COVID protocol, you know, following. Maybe, you know, puppies didn't make the cut with, you know, how do you (laughs) test a puppy? No, I don't know. But um, (laughs) it was really fun to do those shoots with them four years ago.
0: Yeah, that's the damn thing about the pandemic—no puppy shoots. That's uh, that's very disappointing. The thing, the thing that I, I, I love sort of about your career, Jason. I feel like you were destined to be a figure skater. You were born in a very infamous or famous year for U.S. figure skating, of course, 1994. You know, some people might know what happened in that year. I mean, was this kind of just? destiny that you were to become a figure (laughs) skater Were, were all americans born in 1994 just destined to be figure skaters based on what happened at the olympics in the lead after the olympics that year you know what we can sure we can put it out and say it was destiny
1: um because who knows but uh i actually started skating because my sister when she was in kindergarten was invited to a skating birthday party and my parents were like uh, she's never been on the ice before. We would be such horrible parents to send our kid to this birthday party, you know, just drop her off and be like, good luck. <laughs> so they put her in lessons, um, you know, in the lead up to this, you know, kindergarten birthday party. And um, I, those lessons ended up in like the, you know, they worked its way to do like the final, you know, show at that local ice rink saw my sister in that ice show with all the lights and the music and the costumes. And I looked at my parents, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Wow. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that sort of preparation for a birthday party. It's like, we're going I, to a birthday party. You can't basically be crap at a figure skating. Let's, let's get lessons. I mean, you don't go to a, a clown party and go take clown lessons. Like, I mean, kind of that's, that's really forward thinking of your parents. I like that. Well,
1: I'm, I'm glad you think that way. I think it's just yeah, no, the awesome. Yeah,
0: I just I think so this should be a more more of a thing. I want to find out more of our guests on this show. Kind of got into the sport based on you know a sibling getting a, a birthday invitation that they needed to practice for. I mean, this is this. Is, I'm sure Michael Phelps. Maybe they went to a pool party one time. Oh, well, he needs to learn how to swim. So let's put him in there and prepare for the party. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I so mean, well. I do have to
1: say, if a you know a five-year-old was invited to a pool party but didn't know how to swim <laughs> i do have to say you'd hope that the you know if that those parents were gonna let the kid go they True. would teach them how to swim
0: prior yeah. bit more prior stakes the, there for a the five-year-old in the pool than just putting them on the ice and going <laughs> yeah no this isn't this isn't for me basically. So, so when you, when you started and sort of started progressing, I mean, was it kind of just one of these sports that automatically you saw, as you said, you kind of, this is what I want to do. And then as soon as you hit the ice, as soon as you started developing those skills and kind of making way at the ranks that just that passion continued outside of watching it.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Um, I have to say that I actually fell in love with my coach and like, I thought we were having like these play dates (laughs) like over then i didn't even realize that i was like loving the sport and learning and progressing in that way like i really thought like each time i was like oh my gosh what are we going to do in this lesson or what are we going to do you know this time around in our you know <laughs> really truly like felt like i was being babysat um and just getting to spend time doing fun games and you know i think it was a little bit of that deception of not really realizing that i was uh progressing at the same time um Just because I was playing so many different sports, I wasn't, you know, I had such a range of activities that my parents put me in, um, which I guess a lot of, you know, parents do with kids that have a lot of energy. And so skating was just another one of those sports. So I didn't really think, you know, twice about the passion or, um, when I was younger about why I was gravitating towards the sport. But to me, it just seemed like I was just having so much fun with my coach.
0: What were some of the other sports that your your parents sort of put you in? And were there other ones that maybe had you taken a different path, but had, potentially we were talking about you as an Olympian in a different sport.
1: I think, you know, I'd like to think so. Um, but I was, I, I was, um, I was involved with gymnastics. I did little league baseball. I was on a travel soccer team. I ran cross country. Um, I mean, I was also not talking about uh, sports, but I was in like, school musicals, um, and I loved, you know, theater, so we really, uh, I was in a lot of different activities, but honestly, when it came down to it, and when certain kind of sports required um, more attention, like, I remember when the gymnastics coach was like, okay, you're gonna have to choose at this point, and I just remember I liked the skating coach better, it had nothing <laughs> to do with the sport, it wasn't like, I liked you know, gymnastics over the ice, it was just like, I have more fun with this coach. <laughs> with my coach, so
0: oh, i was wow.
1: like, this is what I enjoy. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad of my decision. Looking yeah, back.
0: yeah, kind of worked for me. I you, like I to think, think. <laughs> in 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 the long run, right? Potentially, you know, yeah. uh, kind of how that that worked out. What was was it though? An, an ambition to go to an Olympics, like sort of when either you made that choice or sort of when you were doing well in gymnastics and figure skating. Was it something that you thought, hey, this is the ultimate goal? Were you watching the Olympics as a kid, going, hey, I want to achieve this as a goal?
1: You know, it's kind of funny uh, because for me, it wasn't something that I really dreamed about as I grew up, but it was just because I think my family didn't really talk about it. It wasn't like, yeah, we watched the Olympic games, but we also didn't come from a, you know, elite sport background to know how to get there. So it wasn't really like, even while I was doing it, it wasn't like that was our end goal. I was still doing these, you know, sports as hobbies and because I was just enjoying it and it was, you know you know, within five minutes from my house (laughs) and it was part of the community. So um, I I was just, you know, in so in the present moment with that, that I didn't think about these big aspirations. Um, For me, there were kind of these two pivotal moments. I think that I started to see that I wanted to take it more seriously. Um, And one was when I was in eighth grade, I was at a travel soccer tournament. And we lost in the finals at this tournament, Um, which was, I mean, it was so great that we even made it to the finals. Um, But I looked around and all my teammates were devastated and some of them were crying and some of them were angry. And I was like, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I was like, guys, it's soccer. Like, I don't like what? Like, what? Wait, (laughs) guys, guys, it's a soccer game. Like, okay, like <laughs> let's all go out for ice cream and like move on. Like we have school tomorrow. But then like a week later I was at the skating event. Um, and I had a, you know, a rough go, maybe missed an element or two in my program. And the audience was filled with my parents. <laughs> like, and I remember I was devastated and I like had that, like, it was like that light bulb moment um, because I was so hard on myself. Cause I felt like I put in so much effort and I worked so hard and I was, I loved my program so much and I didn't, you know, do what I, you know, went to do and the nerves got the best of me. And I, I, it was like this moment of, oh my gosh, this is how my soccer team felt. Like, this is what it means to really be passionate and to like, want to strive for more and know that you have more, you know, in the tank and that you, um, you know, and that's when I started to kind of my focus started to shift to skating being that the main priority. And then in 2010, I was at the U.S. Championships and I had just won the junior title, and so the next level was senior. And I watched that week as the as the Olympic team in 2010 was competing for their spots, and as it was announced, and I just remember being in the crowd and being like, "Oh my gosh." In four years, like I just want to be on the other side of the boards. Like, I didn't even think about making the team as much as I was like, I just want to have a shot of like what does that feel like to like be in, you know, be a part of that experience um, as a senior skater in an Olympic year at the US Championships. And so those kind of two were the biggest pivotal moments where I started to really like see the Olympics as a as something that could be a reality or something that I wanted to
0: pursue. So I love hearing those sort of moments where you can spur that on and particularly sort of, I guess the Olympics being so unique, it's a four year cycle. So of course, you know, there's disappointment at one point and you've got to work four years to kind of, to build that on there and to kind of hear that sort of spur you on through that there too. So do you then take that moment and is it a case of train harder or is it just kind of as, as an athlete you're developing anyway, the older you get kind of like what did, what was it from that moment then that turned you into an Olympian basically in 2014?
1: Yeah, I honestly, you know, I think it's a it's a mix of a lot of different things. I mean, there's definitely a mindset when you kind of make a decision. I think, you know, even growing up with everything I did, I gave 100 percent of myself. You know, yes, it was 100 percent of myself split up, you know, in different areas. Um, But then it became, yes, much more of that kind of tunnel vision. Um, My life became much more about skating and school. and and kind of those two facets, and kind of giving it all I got. And so you know, during you know uh, the day, I'd be going to the rink before and after school. And during you know the summer, I'd go train at you know other elite facilities with my coach and really maximize the time that I had. And that kind of just kept building and to different and. I guess you could say like overflowing into different parts of my life um, and making the most of it and maximizing the time that I had. And after I graduated from high school, I moved to Colorado um, to continue kind of that pursuit um, and training. And so it was, it was, you know, obviously it's much easier to like say it than obviously living it. <laughs> There's a lot more um, steps involved, but I do have to say that it definitely, um, it's, it's anytime you make a goal, you kind of set that goal and then you kind of take the steps to achieve it. And the goal moves sometimes and it changes, but you're always kind of that mindset of moving forward and trying to just be the best version of yourself you can be
0: in the lead up to 2014 in between 2010 and 2014 i believe you actually competed right here in australia in brisbane your first ever was it junior grand prix event you 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 won i mean what was the experience <laughs> yes! like then of getting to go to australia at such a such a young age
1: um best experience ever and it made me extremely spoiled i'm not going to lie i think just like having And I mean, in general, getting to go to Australia, but getting to go at such a young age, it was like, all I want to do is go back. And we had, (laughs) um, we actually, like, there was an event in 2020 that was canceled. Um, But I, it was obviously supposed to be um, in, actually, 2021 there was a right. like four continents in 2021 sorry it's a 2020 2021 season that was supposed to be in sydney and wow, okay. more unfortunately was canceled but it's the same like i'm like oh like so i close. wanted to go back so bad <laughs> i wanted to work yeah, but it was all because of that trip that i got to take you know um in 2011 to brisbane that i just been dying to go back ever since,
0: but it was Well, so I'm just special. saying there's an excuse. We're, I mean, the, the 2032 Olympics, uh, technically a summer games, but they're being held in our winter. So I'm just <laughs> trying to think that can we technically have figure skating in the 2032 Olympics? Because in Australia, there are winter Olympics, right? So I guess that counts. I do have to say, speaking of that, I did go when I went to compete. It
1: was in, I think, the very end of August, maybe the mm. beginning of september and i remember that me my coach and my parents all went to the beach and went swimming yep. and it was empty everyone yep. thought we were crazy <laughs> they're like what are you doing? like it's beautiful
0: it's yeah so queenslanders nice. like to think that their winter's cold i lived there for a little bit and if it dropped below 20 degrees celsius they would complain that it was cold um oh and it was gosh. like yeah this isn't cold but hey yeah we're from chicago different yeah.
1: different <laughs> meter when it comes to just a bit just
0: just 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 a bit i mean the lead up to to sochi sort of through everything that that you did achieve and, and kind of going back to your point where you're saying you wanted to be on the other side of those boards for that announcement what was that like then when you were on those side of the boards for that announcement and you were going to the olympics you were an olympian at that point
1: oh it was insanity i mean to be completely honest like I said in 2010 or what we were just talking about, I just wanted to be a part of the action. So for me, it wasn't, my mindset was so about, I don't even want, it was so about the future. It was so like, ooh, in 2018 is like my year, but like now just like soak it up and learn and get the experience of what it's like to compete at a US championships on an Olympic year. And it was my first year competing internationally as a senior. So that also was just so exciting. I was suddenly competing against all of these men that I have, you know, been inspired by and that, you know, I I wanted to be like, and I looked up to at such a young age. So that was just something that I was embracing and enjoying all of that. So suddenly I, you know, I skated my two programs. I ended up in second place at the U S championships, I got one of the two spots I was assigned, you know, to the Olympic team. And it was like this shell shock yet most exhilarating, exciting feeling. And I just, my parents and I were crying and we were like, how is this happening? This is so cool. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, the turnaround is three weeks before mm. like a finding out and being at the Olympic games. And so there's obviously a lot that goes on in between those three weeks um, and a lot of excitement and a lot of media and a lot of wrapping your brain around what's going on. Um, <laughs> so I just, I took it day by day and tried to take it all in.
0: And added to that, a little viral video uh, went far with your performance, right? So I mean, that media attention you're talking about obviously accelerated a little bit due to a little river dance performance. It-
1: it was unlike anything I could have ever imagined. I remember my brother called, like texted me, you know, after I, I skated and I, I had lots of texts of congratulate, you know, congratulatory texts from a lot of people. And then like my brother sent me this random text was like, you have a thousand views already. And then it was like, and then like two minutes later, he was like, it's at 10,000. And then like a few <laughs> minutes later, he was like, you're at a hundred thousand, a million, two million. And it was just like, <laughs> what is going on? And it was, Yes, it was very exciting, very unexpected. You know, when you're living it and you train these programs day in and day out in front of, you know, obviously nobody, (laughs) just your coaches and, you know, the empty stands at the rink while you're training, it's definitely, you know, thinking about something going viral or what kind of will spark an audience attention, you know, you are obviously we're trying to perform our best and we're trying to do what we do, but I just remember getting off the ice from that event And my coach looking at me like, oh, this could have been better. You know, like you you were a little slow here. We'll work on this in the future. Um, You know, kind of take me through that way. And then suddenly having that turnaround of like the reaction from the crowd and the audience and the way that the media kind of exploded around this program, it was um, quite memorable.
0: Which is, we've spoken to several figure skaters on the show. And the thing I always like to talk about is just, the energy that you must get in the middle of a performance, particularly when you're you're nailing everything, you know, you, you're landing everything, you, you're performing, you're executing all the things you need to perform and it's just the crowd builds, the music builds and then just that moment at the end when it's just it's done, the crowd, crazy. I mean, I, I watched the performance beforehand and I love the commentators. Was like, I'd hate to be the person who has to perform after him. Like just kind of the way they kind of talk that up. It's fantastic. I mean, can you describe that that feeling, that that buzz, that adrenaline that you get at the end of a performance like that?
1: Oh, it's surreal. I mean, that's like, that's the feeling that I think all athletes and performers live for. You know, when you can feel so connected to the audience that like their applause, like like you can feel it in your bones, you know, in your stomach, and your gut, you can feel that excitement building. Um, but I think, you know, especially I remember in that, I don't remember much from that performance, which is, you know, obviously, cause it's, you know, you're trying to be so present. But what I do remember is the excitement in that stadium and constantly being like, okay, Jason, okay, breathe. Like I could feel it (laughs) rising in my chest. And then I was like, okay, just keep performing, just keep performing. And so, and I think definitely when I hit that final pose, I just like let it all come out and I just like embraced the audience and the excitement. And I like took a moment to look around myself and just could kind of digest what just happened. Um, and kind of taken all their excitement but i felt it every single step of the way from the start of the program to the last pose till me getting my scores like i really felt the audience have my back and kind of push me forward that entire time um which is you know i will always cherish that
0: the experience of the olympics itself we always love finding out from our guests obviously outside the competition side of things just everything around the Olympics, you know, being in the village, seeing the rings, ceremonies, if you got to experience all that sort of stuff. I mean, do you soak it all in? I mean, you were talking before about maybe, you know, 2018 is going to be my year, but like given that you're thinking this is going to be the first of many Olympics, do you, do you take a moment to take it in? Or is it a little bit different thinking, well, I've got more of these to go. I can take it in more in the future.
1: You know, I definitely have the mindset of take this all in so you can learn from it and apply it to the future. So, you know, I think that's, you know, when I look back at it, I don't know, you know, I always, you're always, you know, question, was that the right mentality? Should I have, you know, because it doesn't mean you're going to have another shot in the future. But I think at a young age, when you're a teenager, or when I was a teenager, I kind of thought like, oh, of course, this will be my first of many, you know, if I'm, being there at that such a young age, you're just like, you almost kind of be like, yeah, of course. If I made it now, I can make it again. And um, so I looked at it as like, okay, just take everything in, learn as much as you can. So then you can apply it the next go around. And so no, I went to the opening ceremonies, which was spectacular and amazing. And I, you know, I I just made the most of, (laughs) I think for me, it was just the coolest part of the games is like, you're surrounded by the best athletes from all over the world, from all different sports. And then not to mention it was my first, like I said, my first senior year competing internationally. So I was also everyone in the skating world was someone that I respected and looked up to. And I was like, and I wasn't at that time kind of friends with. I was still like that newbie that I was just like wanted to aspire to be like them. So I was just like soaking that all up. Um and at an Olympic games, I mean, you're you're everyone who's you come in contact to seems to be like more kind of famous than the the next person when it comes to athletes so seeing people at the team usa house and just like <laughs>
0: you
1: know, looking left to right being like where am i like what is going on here and just their teammates um, too
0: that makes it even more crazy doesn't it yeah, you know? <laughs>
1: exactly ex- that's the craziest part is like i looked at my teammates the exact same way so that was just um special as well and so I think, you know, and then obviously, as you mentioned, just seeing the rings everywhere you like it, you know, they obviously hold significant meaning to every athlete, but then suddenly you're like surrounded by them. Hmm. It's not like you like, you know, you see it on, you know, you look down and you obviously see it on your jacket. You look at the rink and they're all over the boards. They're on center ice. You know, they're huge rings in the middle of the village, you know? So, I mean, it's just that constant reminder of like, Whoa!
0: Like whoa! There. Here I am. You are you are you are there at the Olympics. The thing that's actually really fascinating, obviously, we'll talk about the team event in a in a moment. But you winning a bronze at those Olympics until Nathan got a bronze in Pyeongchang, you were the youngest figure skater medalist this millennium. Uh, essentially, at just over 19 years of age. I mean, incredible to to think that. You are still the eighth youngest ever medalist in the sport of figure skating at the Olympic Games. I mean, you talked before about kind of setting your sights at 20. I mean, could you ever believe that if you're going to be an Olympic medal, you're going to be doing this before you're even legal to drink, basically? Uh, I mean, it's crazy to think that.
1: (laughs) No, um, no. I mean, I, I think, you know, when I think those are such aftermath Kind of shockers and things that you don't even think about. Obviously, you're just doing what you're doing, and then suddenly you, you know, achieve something, and then it would be someone to tell me, "You are the youngest." Blah blah blah. Since then, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Like, mm-hmm. I think they're definitely all just like <laughs> aftermath. They're not something that you know I thought about in the moment, or I was like, "Oh, I need to," you know, if "I medal, I'll be X." Like I was just doing what I do, and
0: then you know, the, it unfolded the way it unfolded. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the, the team event, obviously, it was its debut in, in Sochi. I mean, it's such a, mm-hmm. a fun event. I mean, as an Australian, we, we barely see any figure skating until the Olympics. That's basically our only opportunity to ever watch it. And it's just such a, a fun event to kind of watch and kind of how they combine everything with that. I mean, what was sort of the vibe like on, on the American team? I mean, was it sort of, hey, we're, we're, we've got a chance at a medal here. We're going to come away with one. I mean, come away with the bronze. Was that excitement? Was it disappointed that you could go more? Kind of what was that vibe like during that competition?
1: You know, I think a couple of things. What's neat about the team event is it's the first skating event of the Olympics. So none of us had competed yet as far as any of our individual events. So it is like, I think everyone was just so pumped up to get on the ice and to start the competition. We had worked so hard. So I think that was just exciting and on its own, the fact that that was the first of our events. And then I think on top of that, like you said, it was the first team event to ever, you know, happen at the Olympic games. So we were all just thrilled to then be part of that. And the fact of like, how is this all gonna work? And like you said, the third thing is we had a shot at a medal and we were like, we are all, you know, we're in this together. Every performance matters, it all counts. Um, but we're gonna support ourselves through this because it hadn't been done before the event. I think we were all new to it and how it was gonna work. And um, we just were all there for each other and we're pulling for each other and they're in the booth you know, cheering each other on, and um, it was it was so special to experience that with them, um, and it being a part of the first, you know, the inaugural event. Uh, and so I look back at you know some of those pictures and those moments and those videos of uh, all of us together, and you know, we we got that medal as a team, and so that's really pretty special to kind of carry that memory. along I always with me. like
0: always like asking Jason our our medalist guests what they do with the metal uh so i mean yeah. i have to ask you what what what, what is it is it is it on display in the sock drawer like where is it it is in my parents closet in their safe right okay then is <laughs> it a plan that maybe though that like once you come back with the gold from from beijing a couple of gold from beijing that maybe you're going to have this like wall display or something like that i mean kind of is there plans or maybe you know it's so funny so i actually i have a big
1: uh world map, um, on in my room at home and i have all my international medals pinned to it wow the olympic medal is hella heavy so (laughs) um the pin wouldn't quite you know keep it held up but it is funny that all of them are up there except that one
0: Except that, well, it's a, it's a bit of a bit different one, right? Though, okay. Yeah. So it's like a little bit, little bit, uh, you yeah. know. And the Sochi one, such a beautiful medal too, kind of like with the what was it, like a frosted glass kind of style <laughs> to it. Like it's, it's a unique sort of looking medal, which, which, which is really nice. In in the singles event, you you finished ninth. Did you set a goal for yourself, sort of, in that? Uh, I mean, how how did you sort of leave Sochi outside of the team event, thinking how you competed in the in the singles?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a mix of both. I think the the singles event for me was a bit bittersweet. Um, I think, you know, I obviously went in to that event, like I mentioned, being like, oh my gosh, like I'm just here to kind of soak it all up. Obviously, you always want to do the best that you can, but being kind of so new to the international scene, the senior scene, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to end up or what's going to happen. And I ended up after the short program being in sixth, like being less than a point out from third. Um, And it was like, it was so kind of shocking and exciting. And I think suddenly it was like, suddenly I was thrown into this like, oh my gosh, you could meddle and you can do this. And And then like the, I got kind of lost in all that hype. And so the long didn't go as I had hoped. I got a little ahead of myself, but um, it definitely taught me about kind of keeping your mindset, you know, really focused throughout, because I think i had such a consistent mindset and then suddenly you know i had this amazing curveball being thrown at me but the narrative and the the goal suddenly shifted with it with overnight and i think that if i had um definitely come in with the you know the mindset of you just take each day and you kind of stay focused and present and anything could happen um i think I, you know, obviously, you know, hindsight's 2020. 20. I don't actually know what would have happened. But, um I definitely see that as I wish I didn't um look at that moment after the short and suddenly like change my mindset for the free and just or or went into the Olympic games thinking anything could happen. Not um woohoo like you know, you do, you do your state and you're like
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, different, I different, mindset, different mindset, <laughs> different mindset, yeah, exactly. which do you then take moments like that a year later, you become the national champion. I mean, do you kind of reflect on moments like that then, as you were saying that kind of don't look at it this way, go into it with a different mindset. And then you, you walk away as a national champion a year
1: later. 100%. And, you know, not to mention, I skated dead last at the Olympics, um, for that free program. So I think like on top of that, that was just a big learning experience. Um, that I took with me, like you said, to the national championships the year later. And I think, you know, once you, or once I skated last at the Olympics, you know, with a shot of a medal, you know, then you're like, okay. Like I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I I think, yes, I think the the biggest kind of thing in life that we can do, whether you're at, you're you know in athletics or not is taking what you learned and then applying it to the future. So I think that's what was so rewarding about that those national championships. Um was the fact that I I kind of took that experience and learned from it and grew from it and kind of you know found myself on the
0: top of the podium at in the US a year later. Which again on that not to dwell on what happened in 2018 but obviously the disappointment yeah, of not not making it 2018, then you can obviously take that to where you are right now. So close to another Olympics to you've been on both sides of it. You've been on the the euphoria of making Olympic teams, and obviously the disappointment of not. So you can kind of balance that out now and hope to kind of use that both towards the Beijing Olympics. That you couldn't have said it better. I think
1: 100%. I think it took me a year probably to see that and to see kind of that other side of, um, the disappointment from um, 2018 um and so but I think it, it definitely there was this it almost by having that super difficult low in my career and going through that experience I think it also kind of showed me that everything will still be okay and you get up the next day and you continue on moving on and you know you you have that perspective and I think I'm not as, like, I don't define myself by if I make the Olympics or not, or that everything's riding on this one event, you know, it's, I think after making the 2014 Olympic team, which was so exciting, I went from kind of taking everything year by year, event by event to being like, after 2014, I was like, okay, 2018, 2018, everything was about 2018. How can I get back? How can I be the best? How can I, you know, do everything correct? know to get me there versus living every single day and being kind of adaptable in that moment i was almost kind of became so rigid you know in the in the scheme of the four years to um you know and if i didn't get there i was a failure because you know only people knew me from 2014 so if i don't get that 2018 mark then it's like it was it was i just put a lot of pressure on myself that way but to miss it and to have such a difficult u.s championships that year it definitely was a it was weirdly freeing because i think it it taught me that you know you'll be fine and so i didn't feel like i only had you know down to go it was it it, it brought me back to i hit rock bottom and i'm going to c- continue climbing and you kind of just find that passion again and You know, you're on kind of a mission to see what you're capable of versus
0: seeing what, you know, what can be taken away from you. Well, one positive I want to say that came from that is that you got to go to New Zealand. I watched your video. I watched your dancing video, Jason, and you you went to... Some amazing spots. I lived in New Zealand for a little bit. I was very close to a lot of the places. You went to Milford. You went to Wanaka, Queenstown. Amazing oh places. Can I? What, what's happened to the the dancing channel, Jason? I'm disappointed. I want to see more of these. It seems gone <laughs> silent for a few years. Where, where are the videos?
1: I know, I know. You know, it's so funny. I set out
0: to do um,
1: when I kind of started that YouTube channel. I said, I'm. I I set out for the. I'm going to document the Olympic year. And so I documented from the start of the 2017 season all the way through the end of you know the 20, like when it ended in 2018. And so I, I, you know, obviously it was a very difficult time in my life. And I think that it was, I, I loved kind of sharing it with the world. And I think, you know, kind of going through that process taught me so much because each event I would kind of get to recap and think about and, Um, I have this, you know, beautiful diary that I could look back on, but the year ended and I kind of was like, okay, I need to kind of close that chapter and move forward. So maybe, maybe we'll bring it back in the future. But um, when I kind of started that channel, I said, I'm doing this for a year. Um, And so I learned a lot from that year,
0: uh, but I kind of closed (laughs) close Close that chapter down which speaking of closed chapters do people ask you more about bringing back the youtube channel or bringing back the ponytail
1: definitely the ponytail (laughs) i get i get asked about the
0: ponytail quite frequently (laughs) and is it coming
1: back can we see a return it is not coming back (laughs) i mean never (laughs) hey if i'm you know, as I get older and if I still have hair and I still have the ability <laughs> to grow it out, who knows? But at this moment in time, there is there are no future plans.
0: No, no future plans for the ponytails. Okay. No. We'll, we'll I loved off, it. Really. for.
1: Well, I had it since I was, you know, maybe eight years old. Wow. From eight to 23. <laughs> loved it. It was a beautiful, you know, it was a part of my life, a part of yep. me, but it is, I watched them sweep, the hair away. Oh, after you didn't they keep it? it? You didn't like no, pick no, it up no, and no. like put it on I the map? Them, or? I watched them. So weep <laughs> it away and throw it in the trash. <laughs> it's like
0: goodbye. <laughs> and now you just have to watch that video all the time and go, oh, that ponytail. There it is uh and these damn hosts keep asking me about it all these years later no, i'm never I gonna live it, it down hey, i love talking about it i love talking about it but no it is not making a return <laughs> not making a return before before we let you go jason obviously we always like to sort of um give our guests a chance like update where where can people follow you kind of obviously the if you're gonna bring the youtube channel jack but like uh, instagram twitter where can people sort of follow the journey between now and, and beijing
1: yeah, so I'll really be documenting most of my journey to Beijing on my Instagram and Twitter accounts, um, which is at, it's at Jason B. Skates. Uh, and, and it's just, honestly, I try to give an inside look um, at my life and um, give training updates. And it's going to be a really, really exciting next couple months, no matter what comes of it all, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be exciting and you're, I'm in for a ride, but um, if you follow along, you'll also be in for kind of a little treat of what it's like behind the scenes as um, us athletes gear up for the Winter Olympics.
0: We we do love watching it. We we love paying attention to sort of all the athletes, uh, no matter where you are in the world, and kind of seeing it. Because obviously we we see different insight. You know, we've had Australians, we've had Canadians, and, and now American skaters on the show. It's always obviously a different journey, and we sort of love kind of uh, seeing it. And, Jason, we're going to be keeping a close eye and uh, crossing those fingers for Beijing. And, look, we'll get you back on with two gold medals around your neck from Beijing. We're saying team and, and, and the solo skate, it's coming back. It's coming back home, right? Hey, it sounds like an awesome plan. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll see you I'll see you in March. <laughs> and a massive massive thanks there to Jason for his time. A lot of fun and I highly recommend looking up not only his performance from the US Figure Skating Championship in 2014. Amazing performance to Riverdance. And uh, also you will get to see the ponytail that I did mention right at the end there. I have to say, suits him just going to say hashtag bring back the ponytail that's my opinion uh, but big thanks to Jason for his time on the show plenty more great interviews to come between now and Beijing and plenty plenty of content to keep you occupied if you want to stay on top of all the content that we do have of course you can subscribe to the podcast search off the podium on all good podcasts and platforms and while you're there leave us some feedback we'd love to hear what you think of the show and also while you're online why not jump on social media Facebook Twitter Instagram search off the podium you'll be to stay up to date with everything that we've got going on and of course you can go back and listen to past interviews past episodes if you've missed any you of course can find them all on social media as well as on those podcasting platforms that i mentioned before big thanks again to jason big thanks again to you for listening my name is ben this is off the podium and as always go left